from the ESPN 690 and the Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, good to be back in Jacksonville, Florida. Always nice to come home. I guess that means I still like my wife and kids. There we go. And we do like Jacksonville. You know, it's funny. Everybody's been complaining. It's been cold, cold, cold. It's just fine. I feel good. You know when you get a haircut? Well, you don't get one much. Coos, you know when you get a haircut and you feel like you lost like 10 pounds? Yeah. Different uh, situation today. Got my truck washed and just feel like a new person. Yeah. That thing was a freaking mess. Just keep talking. I got to adjust this thing again. That's okay. I can keep talking. Yeah, you got it. For days. Yeah. Uh, Super Bowl 55 on the way uh, this weekend, of course, and uh, we'll continue to break it down. You know, so much talk about the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, there are other parts of the teams, right? I mean, there's uh, who's got the advantage at wide receiver, running back, offensive line, Kansas City's offensive line against that defensive front of Tampa. We'll break some of the game down uh, along the way. Uh, not much new on the Jags front just yet. Uh, so we'll keep our eye on that. I still anticipate we could get something sometime soon. Announce it during the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe. That's Let's a that. good idea. Let's just, I'm sure that will really break the ratings. Uh, <laughs> oh, everybody's diverted now. Let's go watch uh, what the Jags are doing with their coaching staff. Funny thing is, I kind of believe we all know. I mean, if we want to map out their coaching tree, we could probably do it. So, yeah. uh, and the folks that really, 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 really are invested in that have probably already done that. I feel like we've talked about almost each individual person sure. that will uh, potentially be here on Urban Meyer's staff. But uh, we'll keep our eye on it, see if anything else uh, changes throughout the day. National Signing Day 2021. There's some interesting things going on here. One, you keep an eye on the colleges. Florida, Florida State. Florida State, by the way, it's not looking like it's going to turn in 2021. Now, 2022 could be a little bit different for the Knowles. Florida has really had the hay in the barn, if you will, because they got everything done mostly in December. And how about Alabama? Alabama, can you believe this? Alabama had the best recruiting class they've ever had. How is that possible? I'm shocked. Straight up shocked. <laughs> no, how I mean, can course, Alabama, Alabama do something better than they've already done it? It's Alabama, man. People, and like, listen, obviously the national championship's important, and I'm not sure how many draft picks they're going to have this year from that university, but that's the big tell. I mean, if you're a five-star recruit, a four-star recruit, and even if you have to sit a couple years to kind of mind your time a little bit, just knowing that on the back burner is an opportunity, a, very, a fast track, if you will, to go to the NFL, I mean, that's what it's all about. Well, you know how big this day is. Uh, you know, you've gone through it. Uh, you end up at Murray State. Quite uh, honestly, I don't know how big this day is. 20 years ago, it wasn't that big. 25 years ago, uh, when I went to college, and I was a walk-on. So <laughs> it didn't matter to me. It's not like I was like, uh, I can't wait to see where I'm going to go. It has changed so much in the last 25 years in that regard. So a big congratulations to all the kids, not just football, by the way, all different sports that are signing today, signed in December, on their way to play college ball but there's another element to this when i talk to brian braddock from st augustine high school the other element is this logjam the logjam that covid19 is presenting to especially like this year's class and next year's class i think could still be impacted on it i believe the 23 class is probably out of the woods so far but if we have another 
a year where we lose sports in some capacity, if that happens, if that were to happen, which it looks like we've kind of figured out not losing seasons, mm-hmm. at least for now, knock on wood. But if that happens, it could be an, it could set it back even more. Just this logjam of not enough scholarships, players getting extra years of eligibility. What does that do for kids that have really worked a long time, put a lot of hard work in to try to get not only just scholarships, cause, because I don't look at it that way. I look at on rosters, on teams, live out their dreams of playing college uh, baseball, football, swimming, any of those things. So uh, we will discuss it a little bit throughout the afternoon. We, we also... If you want to uh, give a shout out uh, to somebody that you know or a family member or a teammate uh, that is signing on, feel free to uh, give us a shout. You can uh, call us at 904-362-9901. You can leave a message at star star 690. You can also shout out on social media. But it's a big day uh, for a lot of kids. And this day is is taken on from a national landscape, a little bit less meaning because the December one, I think, is almost trumping it. Yeah. You know, again, because we look at it, it's not trumping it for the local kids, for the local kids signing on, finding a school, took an extra couple months to find a school. I think of a guy from St. Augustine, the quarterback, Sammy Edwards, going to Valdosta State. That's a big day. (laughs) You know, it's going to Valdosta State. But if you look at it from the college landscape where recruiting is looked at in football, well, a lot of those classes are already decided and not a lot of swings going on between December yeah. and February. And, and so I don't know if I like that because this used to feel like a bigger monumental day where you'd have a lot of kids deciding between, you know, five different schools. They pull the hat out. Well, that's now happened in December. And in our world, you know what else has happened in December? The NFL. Yeah. And so I think it gets a little bit swallowed up compared to uh, the way it would be this week. I know what you're saying. Well, what about the Super Bowl? Well, it can fit either before or after the Super Bowl. It's not like the game is being played today, and we talk about that game for two weeks. Uh, so I do think it takes on a little bit different meaning in February from a national view. I'll tell you what I'm excited for. Uh, Tom Mazinski's son, yeah. who was originally committed to Texas, um, decommitted and then committed to Iowa. And this happened like about a week ago or two weeks ago now. But obviously the, the, it's kind of coming back to the, the news cycle and stuff like that because it's signing day here. But I'm excited for him because, number one, obviously he was around the stadium when Milo was there and he was my strength coach. But, number two, his position coach at Iowa was my former Little League baseball coach. And he was one of the very first guys to ever coach me in any kind of sport. And, really? um But he also helped like, coach like the, the, like the Pop Warner teams as well. Um, his name is Tim Palasek. So I'm very excited for, you know, Milo's son, you know, Michael, to be working with Tim Polisic now, kind of, you know, coming hand in hand. So that's a pretty cool thing that, to see. That is cool. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, was going to Texas to begin things and then change. And I don't know the full story on Mazlinski, but I do wonder, again, some of that might have been the coaching change. Some of that uh, might have been the logjam of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. like what you viewed it would look like now has changed a little bit um, in some capacity, not not all but uh, some capacity. So we'll talk a little bit about it again. I think what we'll do is we'll sprinkle in a little National Signing Day talk throughout the show. I want to give a shout out to some of the the kids that I know at at least, uh, not that I know personally, but that have emailed us and we have a list of folks that – that have been recognized today and are signing on the dotted line. Marcel Robinson was all over the place. He'll join us a little bit later, so he's been all out and about. And now social media, you can see uh, every school does a really good job of uh, showcasing the kids. Uh, and Tammy Talley in Duval County Public Schools has a complete list. We appreciate the work she does uh, to help us out. And so we'll have more of it on TV, but some shout-outs coming uh, along the way. All right, Wednesday of Super Bowl week. Again, this feels weird. I'll continue to say it because we just got back from this road trip and we're not going to Tampa. We're usually in Tampa right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're in Tampa right now and you're talking nonstop Super Bowl, by now it's almost like 
okay, we're getting to the point where it might be a little bit the, – the game breakdown might be a little bit old. You've had 10 days to do it. We haven't done a lot of that on our show. Sure haven't. If you're in the in Radio Row, today and tomorrow are the days it picks up. Mm-hmm. Like the buzz is real at the Super Bowl today and tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, where all the celebs come out. And you see you know, a lot of the big-name star players come out. Uh, well, that's not happening this year, uh, and we're certainly not there to experience it, but it's not going to happen the way it normally does. But I do think if you take the teams, this is when a normal game week kind of starts. You know, even if you have a bye week, you don't do as much last week. You get away a little bit. I'm sure there was a bunch of film study trying to keep your body right, get your body right. But on a normal week in the football season, this is when things start to happen, right? The Wednesday of game week. So I'm assuming that's kind of the case even for these Super Bowl teams. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, it all depends how the team would run things, obviously, on Monday after that game on Sunday, you come in, you watch the film, but also like depending how that game went on Sunday, if you did well, well then you're kind of on the next one. If some things need to be corrected, then you got to focus on those a little longer. So Monday can kind of be like a pre-prep period for the next team, uh, for the next next task at hand. Let's just say Tuesday you have off, then yeah, Wednesday is going to be your traditional work day along with Thursday. Then you have Fast Friday, they call it. You get in, get out. Saturday is the walkthrough, and Sunday is the game. Well, so here we go, right? Uh, turn it up a notch, and there's been so much talk about Mahomes and Brady, but it is uh, bigger than that. If I take Mahomes-Brady out of it, mm-hmm. what's the storyline going into this game, in your opinion? Are, are you looking at the coaches and Arians and Reed? Are you looking at the building, of potentially, of a dynasty in Kansas City? Are you looking at an X factor of a player like Tyreek Hill, who had that massive game against the Bucks mm-hmm. the first time around? And if if that happened once... Can they do anything to slow him down? I mean, what, you know, the offensive line of the Chiefs is a little bit banged up. Uh, the Bucks defense maybe a little bit underrated, mm-hmm. you know, going into this game. What, where else are we going with storylines? Because the obvious one is Brady Mahomes. It's a great one, but yeah. it's, a, it's now been talked about at length. To me, when you're breaking this game down, like, let's be honest, Kansas City, their constant all year has been the fact that they put up points. Okay. I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They put up points. And to me, the story is going to be is how does Tampa Bay handle this whole situation? Do they go toe to toe, punch for punch with the Kansas City Chiefs? Or do they try to take the air out of the ball a little more and run the ball and keep Patrick Mahomes off the clock? Because let's be honest. I mean, Tampa Bay, they have a great offense in their own right. And obviously, Tom Brady is the GOAT for a reason. You have great wide receivers. But I think in terms of an edge on offense, Obviously, it goes to the Chiefs. So I'm curious to see what the Bruce Arians game plan is. I'm curious to see, do they put the ball in Tom Brady's hands? Do they put the ball in the GOAT's hands? Or do they rely more on the running game and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field? Yeah, that'll be an interesting, uh, it, it will be a respect card played. But, you know, I've said this in the past. I say you have to play smart, but not play scared. You know, and I think sometimes teams and they've done this against the Patriots for years. So it'll be interesting if Arians and the Bucks do this against Kansas City, although it doesn't feel like that's the personality of Arians to kind of be like, hey, we really respect that. So we're not going to do this or that. We're going to kind of change the way we play, if you will. We're going to protect against that happening. And, and Kansas City makes you do that. They force your hand because, you know, they're going to get up and down. Well, the Patriots used to do that all the time to teams. You know, you play scared against them. You couldn't make any mistakes. They won't have any flags again. You know, so you think about all these don't turn it over don't turn it over mm-hmm. but what does don't turn it over mean play conservative play right don't go after it sometimes i mean there's a fine line and so 
I wonder if, to exactly your point, will the Bucks be who they are, whatever that is, whatever they think they are, or will they try to play to stay in the game? Because that's what teams do mm-hmm. against Kansas City. And while you have to admire that and there's some, there's a smarts to that, I don't like playing defensive in big games. I want to go get it. And and when you go get it, sometimes you can get burned, though. Mm-hmm. So it, it almost could be two different tales. It could be the first half of, let's hang in there now, right? <laughs> let's mm-hmm. be. And that second quarter is critical against Kansas City because they can light up the scoreboard in the second quarter. They've done it in the last couple of postseasons. But I would throw caution to the wind in the second half almost. <laughs> I mean, I'd be like going to get it. Yeah. You almost feel like you got to steal something. Even with Brady and the Bucks as good as they are, you feel like you got to steal something against KC. Well, I'd have the mentality of being very aggressive. Would you? Sure. No, no, I'd do the exact opposite because it is playing scared. Not really playing scared. I mean, it's playing with what you went to the beginning of the season. I mean, what? Listen, like you don't average a lot of yards per game, but Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, they've come up big for you. Right, yeah. I, I believe that the, the entire shift of that Packers Buccaneers game shifted when Leonard Fournette had that touchdown. When Rashawn Gary goes inside, Leonard Fournette had the vision to bounce outside, and all of a sudden it's eight eight out the gate, and that changed the entire momentum of the game. So I think that we're gonna see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers rely a little bit more on the run. I think they might slow the game down. And to me, like when you run the ball with Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones, like it's not saying you're, you're gonna take the gas off or you're gonna you're scared. It's saying that listen, we're gonna play. Physical. We're gonna play a physical brand of football, and by the time the fourth quarter comes around, let's see what you guys got. That's football to me. Yeah. Again, there is a certain level of smarts to it, um, no doubt about it. Uh, but I do think there will be a time in the game where you can't back off, and I, I just feel like Arians has that personality where he won't. He'll kind of go for it. He's not. You know what surprised me a little bit in the postseason? Reich, I thought would be kind of more the conservative guy. Mm-hmm. He went for it, mm-hmm. and it burned him a little bit, right? I mean, it didn't. They left points on the board uh, at least the one time, as I remember correctly. But I don't mind that. Like I don't. I, I was more critical of the folks that w- played way too conservatively. Although I know uh, the Bills and McDermott got a lot of noise because they said the kind of the morale of the team late in the game, like late in the half, to kick the field goal. Yeah. I didn't. Bo- that didn't bother me kicking the field goal in that spot, taking points in that position. That didn't really bother me. Uh, so I didn't anticipate. Reich being super aggressive, I would say if I would characterize Arians, he's a go-for-it kind of guy. I mean, look how much conversation there's been this this year about Brady trying to learn how to – he wants you to hit the long ball. They want to take chances hitting the long ball. Brady's like, no, not all the time. Well, right? yeah, I mean, listen, and you're right. That's that's Arians' M.O. You know, I mean, he was really the guy that first implemented the f- four verts back in Arizona. I mean, this was the guy that was constantly taking the top off the ball. Um, and it was something in Arizona that you didn't really see a lot of. So that that's Arian's MO. He's going to throw the ball deep. He's got Chris Godwin. He's got, I will see Antonio Brown if he's coming back or not, but he's got Mike Evans. He's got the deep threats there. Um, once again, I just wonder like, and listen, I don't want Arians to second guess himself here. If you want to go punch for punch with the Kansas City Chiefs, have at it, man. Let's see what happens. But I'm just curious a little bit if he slows it down um, because he's worried about Patrick Mahomes because a lot of teams should be worried about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, I-, I thought of something I left off the table yesterday. I need you to be a part of this, Coos. Um, so we're driving, and you got the it was Groundhog's Day yeah. yesterday, right? Dumb holiday. I mean. Stupid. I'm glad you agree here. Yeah, it's the I worst. I was thinking along the way. This Whoa, is stupid. Wait, hold up. It's the dumbest like, thing this ever. This is this is stupid. This is dumb. Like, mm-hmm. what is? You know, I think there are a lot of dumb ho- holidays. I, I Hallmark 
It's a good movie. I love it's you. a tradition. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. It doesn't have to. No, it's a dumb tradition. That's the point. Yeah. Like, I'm not a Hallmark holiday guy. Like, I, I think the card business has duped you all, okay, Ooh. when it comes to Ooh. all these different holidays. But I'm surprised they don't have a damn happy Groundhog's Day <laughs> holiday at CVS and Walgreens, yeah. you know? I mean, I don't think they do have that. Maybe they do have that. But this thing, we, we researched it. Oh, wow, you guys must have been super bored. Oh, it was a lot of driving. <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. Stuart researched it. I got you. And it's like, it goes all the way back to, like, the 1840, 1840, okay. I think. <laughs> and it's brought over here by the Dutch, I believe, ah. if I'm not mistaken now. Yeah, Puxitani is pretty Dutch area. Yeah, so there we go. Nice job, Coos. Pennsylvania familiarity. <laughs> but here's my problem. Here's my here's my big problem. Yeah, it's like so everybody on the two on Tuesday says, did he see a shadow? Did he not see a shadow? It's like this fun little thing, yeah, right? And yeah. especially if you're up north, it's a big deal. If you're down south, it's a lesser oh, big deal, right? I mean, buy a farmer's almanac though, you know? know. But anyways, go ahead. But my my problem with this whole thing is, where's the account of accountability for that animal? Yeah, I mean. Nobody in six weeks checks back and says he's right or wrong. Yeah. Nobody ever does it. Yeah. And and like we need a new fill if he's wrong. Yeah, right? we do. If well, the thing didn't work out, why doesn't that happen? There is no accountability for that damn groundhog. Well, just because it's six more weeks of winter doesn't mean it's going to be freezing cold for the next six weeks. It just means it's going to be winter for the next six weeks. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'm not going to trust my weather advice. From a barman. You should. Okay. Just you like should. I don't it trust does. my fast food advice from Twitter because they, <laughs> they want to hit on Arby's right now. It's the dumbest thing ever. Arby's is a great fast food restaurant. Get off it. But with that being said, with Groundhog's Day, like, no, man, like, I get it. It's tradition and it's kind of stupid. So it's kind of, you know, catchy. Like, ah, cool. And like I said, it was a great movie. I feel like Bill Murray really put that holiday on the map. But as far as like, if I'm a farmer and I'm going to rely on that stupid varmin to tell me what I should do with my crops, well, then you're not a really good farmer. You guys should take a trip to Puxatani for Groundhog's Day. It's a party. It's a fun time. Is it like there's people drinking in the streets and stuff? It's like Mardi Gras, but with a groundhog. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, a, Dude, it's that's a just fun an excuse. Time. Okay, yeah. so just do it in that town. Not every morning show and national show has to make a big deal about Punxsutawney Phil. It's a tradition, man. How many Punxsutawney Phil's can there be? How many groundhogs have their bed? Oh, this is, it's like Georgia. It's like Ugga, man. They just keep recouping them. But why don't we name them Punxsutawney Phil 42? Ah, because then you got to have the conversation with your kids what happened to the old one. Like, <laughs> yeah. this way, like, you know, you don't have to have those conversations. Just say, hey, they keep. Apparently, those groundhogs are treated like royalty, too. Like, really? they, they live the life. Yeah, apparently. See, that's what I think is crap. Are you they know? taking I mean, out if the, the guys? If the, if the damn thing's wrong so. and he doesn't f- do his job right, you should help be held accountable. Where's PETA at? I mean, if PETA's going to be upset about that, like the groundhog lives better hey, than we do. PETA's no, probably whoa, more more whoa, upset about my conversation whoa, right hang now. On, <laughs> yeah. Hang on. So that's that I'm saying to get rid of the groundhog. I'm not the, endorsing that. No, I am. If the, it's uh, wrong, is, it's just a slaughter. Listen, Coos, because you, you, you seem uh, to be the hey, expert right now. Yeah, I'll pay a price. Yeah. Coos, <laughs> you seem to be the expert right now on this matter. So they poach these groundhogs out of the woods. Like It's not like they're in a laboratory and then no, they're breeding No, I think they're like, it's fills. like a bloodline now. Like, I think it's a bloodline of Puxitani Phils. Really? So it's like Game of Thrones? I could be wrong. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But, like, of. so they're in-house or they're from the woods? I'm saying. I guess the original was from the woods, but I'm pretty sure but now, now they're in-house. Yeah. You better be right, man. Because I'm just I, saying, I where's PETA at? Like, but, I mean, yeah. yeah, but if you're taking groundhogs out of the woods and then putting them in a cage or where, putting them in whatever, like, that's not cool. 
Well, but I'm sure he's got a family. Yeah, but he, he, I'm telling you, that groundhog would... Screw the family, he if, says. If, no, no, no. Screw the family. If you could talk to that groundhog, he'd probably prefer to be the Puxatani Phil groundhog because sure. he's treated like royalty. Sure. And he'd be like, where, 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 where are my kids and wife? I guarantee you, I'd put a microphone in front of him. Puxatani <laughs> Phil would get the say for yourself. I just want to go home. That's <laughs> what he would say. They've tried interviewing him, too. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, they do that a lot. This is, uh, this is a surprising conversation from you, d- defending Puxatani Phil after what you said about the cats in my backyard yeah, like I'm, a year hey, ago. Because I'm not allergic to Puxatani Phil's or whatever. All right, I'm allergic to cats. That's it, God telling me that. Groundhogs are not the nicest animals either. I will tell you that. They're not. They're no, no. The point is, this is these. This is a dumb holiday. It's dumb. Yeah, yeah. It's not even a holiday. So it's just a dumb day. So I guess I guess we got that going for us. It's not like this national holiday. Yeah. But it's dumb. The whole thing's stupid. And so we we gotta do this. We gotta take it away and just do it in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, then or whatever. Just do it there. I feel like they do. Have you never watched the live well, I don't stream? Just do it there. I don't gotta hear about it anymore. <laughs> you never watched. You want a big deal? You, there's a lot of there's a lot of like whatever kind of you things you have at the fairgrounds you in your city, and we don't hear about it. Listen, in someplace Montana. This is like yeah, but you don't gotta take part. That's essentially. No, 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 they shove the groundhog down no. your throat. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, well, it's you're... like the CMT Music Awards. Like, I don't give a crap about country music that much, so I choose to walk away from it. I... Just like on Groundhog's Day, if you don't like it, you don't got to, like, you know, listen or watch the show. I would say it's a lot like Florida, Georgia, how they talk about how it's a huge tailgate here every single year on all the sports stations and shove it down everybody's throat. They don't care that it's a huge party. Uh, you... The... Did you just compare Florida, Georgia People to Pocatani Phil? I mean, Coos, I did. We just go Coos, there. Uh, I did. I went close. there. The, the world's largest cocktail party well, compared to what? Pocatani Phil, which is another huge cocktail party. I'm Googling it right now, and we, you better listen, hope something big comes up. I've got two ways to go with this. Or else you're done for the day. I don't day. want to hear about it ever again. <laughs> or let's just go all in and make Punxsutawney Phil like... What? That's like national icon. I thought you were say president for a second. Yeah, no, like easy now. Uh, no. I get there. But yeah, yeah. This nation, just make him this iconic thing. That, that's what we need to do. I mean, Brent, he was in a Bill Murray video. Like, What more do you want from him? I'll he was in a movie. big the movie. He's fine. It should have stopped then. Because I'm do Googling this. Do you think the movie has helped talk to Tony Phil? I'm like, not going to lie. There's a lot of people at this party thing. Yeah. Here. They like have Look a, this, a stage. They the, go crazy. They're rolling deep, and they're freezing their butts off. See, look how cold it looks there. What else is there to do in Punxsutawney, Ooh. Pennsylvania? Watch a groundhog come out of its hole. <laughs> Good call. Facts. It's, it's so stupid. <laughs> it's just so dumb. This is, I'm looking at pictures of him. He doesn't want to be there, man. He's so over it. You know, here's the other thing, too. Like, this year they had to do the virtual one. Like, they a, yeah, yeah. Zoom call in? Coos, they did. They did, like, what? a virtual thing. Coos, have you been to this? I have not. I've had family why, members. Why go. are all the people that are like around him dressed like the Monopoly guy? Like, look at this. Oh, well, They're that's, all yeah, the, that's the guy. Yeah, yeah. That's the vibe. Is yeah, that, a, that so so cultish behavior it as well? Is. Yeah. So, so cultish behavior. It might, about yeah, it, yeah. Might, it might make an appearance in your softball movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, we'll be back. Super Bowl Fifty Five conversation along the way. Sarah Spain set to join us as well. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN Six Ninety here on a Wednesday. Austin Lane. I have braces. I still have my permanent retainer in. It's been knocked out twice. Brent Martino. So it's not once, stuck in there. <laughs> once, uh, when, no, it's not stuck so in there. Not. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I don't think about I just answer questions honestly. Uh, if somebody asks me why he threw an interception, I'll tell them the truth. Uh, that is not calling him out. That's just answering a question honestly. Uh, I really don't know any other way. Uh, Tom and I have had a great relationship since day one, and it's just gotten better and better. And uh, he wants to be coached hard. Uh, just because of that, uh, other people 
do things differently. Um, but he knew what he was getting into when he joined this one. <laughs> That's Bruce Arians. Is he a coach or is he someone like a pyramid scheme I'll or tell something? You, man, Arians, or is, Arians is beautiful. He says it how it is. You got to appreciate that. And um, I certainly do. And I think Tom Brady actually does too. Different vibe though, going from Belichick to Arians. It's got to be. Yeah. Arians is interesting, right? We're hearing his sound. And it, he doesn't have, like, every time he's talking, I'm like, who is that? Sure. Well, you know, Andy Reid, you know when it's Reid. You know, Belichick, you know when it's Belichick. I don't know, maybe over the years we just didn't hear Arians talk as much. Um, and he's a great soundbite, so that doesn't make much sense. Uh, all right, let's uh, welcome everybody back to Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, Super Bowl 55 on the horizon right in town. You can watch it on CBS 47. We'll have making of a champion special on the TV side, by the way, Saturday night, 7 o'clock on CBS 47, Fox 30. And, uh, well, you just witnessed our coverage the last 10 days. We've been all over the place from Cartersville, Georgia, where Trevor Lawrence is from, up in Ohio to Ashtabula, where Urban Meyer is from. We're at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Clemson yesterday. So a lot of the work that we did on that trip uh, you'll see in our Making of a Champion special on Saturday night. Uh, someone that's familiar with, I don't know about Ashtabula, but the Cleveland area joins us right now here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martin along with former Jacks player Austin Lane. And uh, we're joined by Sarah Spain from ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, 7 o'clock all across the country. Sarah, good to have you on. Uh, and uh, ooh, Cleveland, Ohio, I'll tell you what, we just drove through some snow over the last couple of days. <laughs> Tough times up in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I do not have any familiarity with Ashtabula. In fact, the the fact that I was born in Cleveland usually only gets brought up by Cleveland folks who want and and hope that I have any sort of ties to their teams. And I have to I have to let them down easy every time that my parents moved out before I was old enough. And thankfully, I did not acquire any affiliation to the, the Browns or, or the, you know, I, I got to grow up in the Jordan years in Chicago, so I made out pretty well with that move. I was going to say you're more Chicago than you are Cleveland, uh, even though that's yeah. uh, where you were born. And uh, so if that's the case, I, I just wonder what kind of swearing you would have been doing at the TV when Austin Lane was playing for the Chicago Bears. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, those, those for that little bit. You know what? It wasn't me. Okay, I'm going to say that much. All right. There's a, there's a lot of blame to go around. So don't swear. Listen, we all know where the blame lies with the Bears and it's 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 at the top and it's and it's in the pocket usually. <laughs> that's that's usually where the two places we most have our eyes on. <laughs> no doubt. Sarah Spain, uh, you know, Jason Fitz joins us weekly uh, on Tuesday, so it's really nice I'm to so get sorry. I don't know, it's fantastic. We love it, we love it. Um, but definitely the better half of the show. It's it's a pleasure to have you on for the first time here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Uh, if I I just asked Austin this in the first segment of our show. I say if you take away the obviously monumental storyline of Super Bowl fifty five, which is Brady Mahomes, where else do you go? Like, what are you looking at in this game that grabs your attention? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all looking for that, right? It's been such a weird super week, not just because people aren't down in Tampa doing the usual parties and media day and everything else, but because we just saw the Chiefs last year, and the main focus on the Bucks has been on Brady and Gronk, two guys that we've seen a million times. I'm actually surprised to your point of what you were talking about with Bruce Arians, that there hasn't been more focus on the rest of the Bucks. This is not a perennial Super Bowl team. Who are we who are we wanting to learn more about and what are we wanting to hear about from that team that has, you know, been wanting this and, and that fan base? I think that's what we're missing out on is is too much focus on, on Brady, despite me understanding why. Um, and then I think the defensive coordinators in this game. Steve Spagnuolo has a great record against Brady, which is something very few people can say. So what is he planning in terms of are they going to blitz as much as they did in Week 12? That was nearly 50% of the dropbacks I 
Utah is the second most he faced in the season. And on the opposite side, we've seen, uh, you know, teams really struggle to try to keep up with the Chiefs, but we've seen some great defensive scheming from, from the Bucks defense. So are they going to, you know, take advantage of that, of that hurting offensive line? So I think there, there should be more focus on two great defensive coordinators and what they're going to try to do to line up against brilliant quarterbacks and offenses on both these teams. Sarah, I feel like everyone is on the Chiefs right now in terms of they're going to be here year after year. I mean, they got Patrick Mahomes tied up now in a contract. They have Tyreek Hill tied up, Travis Kelsey. Like, that offense is going to be together for a while. And nobody's really talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers set aside from Tom Brady. Like, do you feel like this Tampa Bay team is kind of a one-year flash in the pan? Or can they have some consistency with a Tom Brady who's on the back nine of his career, obviously, but he's still the GOAT nonetheless? team was what seven and nine last year and a lot of folks who watched casually would were surprised when experts would say they're one piece away right you don't throw as many touchdowns as picks and you're get you're good you win a lot of those games that were one score games that were essentially partly given away by just Jameis's inability to take care of the ball so you put Tom Brady in there and you start to realize that that top five defense from last year is still there and that the weapons can be better taken advantage of I haven't, to be honest with you, looked at the contracts of a lot of the top weapons for the Bucks. So as far as long-term window, I'm not sure. But in the immediate time, what we saw from Tom Brady this year, some of those numbers, including numbers on the deep balls, um, certainly tell you that he's got more than tank. we got to stop doubting and assigning arbitrary d- dates and ages at which he's going to be done because he keeps passing them by and making us look silly. So there's no reason to believe that there can't be a couple of years of a run for this Bucks team. Now that, of course, the same goes for the Chiefs. Like, we make these proclamations about teams forgetting that, you know, an injury or a price tag gets too high and you lose a big piece and it looks different. I, I, I always think of the Rams a couple of years ago making the Super Bowl and the next year all that needed to happen was essentially an offensive line that couldn't stay healthy for them to be completely irrelevant um so you never know if something like that will happen but yeah i can see a couple of years from this bucks team yeah and the bucks are going to go all in i mean they did it yeah. right i mean they did it with fournette they did it yeah. with antonio brown i mean they did it with grok yep. they proved they're going to go all in brent martin austin lane with sarah spain from espn radio spain and fits seven o'clock all across the country uh on espn radio i'm going to fa- uh, skip over to the jags because i'm going to put you in like the Jags situation and i want to get your outlook from a national perspective but almost how you would look at this through maybe your team, Chicago. What if they brought Urban Meyer and were about to get Trevor Lawrence? How fired up would you be? Oof. Well, those are two very different things. So I will tell you <laughs> that if I were about to get Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't be wasting my time with you guys. I would be throwing a party. I would be preparing myself for a, a season of enthusiasm and excitement, the likes of which I've never known as a Chicago Bears fan, except for maybe briefly when they got Jay Cutler and we thought that was awesome, <laughs> which didn't turn out exactly the way we hoped. But still, he remains the like record holder for almost every category with the team because the franchise's history at the quarterback position is putrid. I, I constantly have to bring up the name Sid Luckman, and he played so far before <laughs> I was ever born that I've never witnessed a single snap, okay? Um <laughs> So as far as Trevor Lawrence, as a dude, as a football player, as a future, I would be over the moon. Fair. Urban Meyer is a different is a different story. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, there is a possibility that he will have great success. He's obviously a good football coach. I am always curious about how the motivational tactics and the approach and the attitude of a, of a college guy translates to the pros where you have a bunch of grown men who make millions of dollars who can't be treated like children. I think the way that his health has been an issue, 
whether it is as serious as he claims, which then makes me wonder how you can handle the stress and pressure of this job, or if it's not as serious as he's claimed and he's used it as a crutch in order to defend some of his actions around problematic coaches that he's coached with, players that have gone on to criminal behaviors, um, then that's a problem too, right? This is a guy who claimed that the medicine he was taking made it difficult for him to remember things, and yet we expect him to be top of his game, leading in one of the most coveted 32 jobs in sports, um, a lot of it can't be reconciled unless you admit that he manipulates things in order to get out of situations in which he's put himself. Uh, most people don't care about that stuff. They just want a good coach. And maybe that's what you guys are going to get. I have trouble with the leaders of teams being people that get a little squirmy around around that stuff. And so I don't know uh, if that won't matter at all at the professional level the way it did collegiately. Or if it's going to be another problem, especially in terms of the tenure of the contract with the length of time that he can physically and mentally be invested in the team. How are you feeling, Brent? Uh, that's, I think it's fair. I, yeah. I do. I think it's fair. I think it's. I, I said this yesterday about Urban Meyer. We just finished this trip, a, a little try, a little fact-finding, a little more about Urban. And we knew yeah. him from the Florida Gators days a bit. But I do think he's, if he's on your team, you kind of like it. If he's not, you kind of wonder. It's the, it's the ultimate think, boomer bus play. Yeah. And we're going to find out real quick. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, Sarah. Yeah. Now, here comes the hard-hitting question, Sarah, that I'm so famous <laughs> for on our show. Yeah, just ask Fitz. Uh, yeah, just ask Fitz. What would I bring <laughs> to the go table? anywhere. Oh, Get nervous. Hey, trust me. We've got three minutes hey, left. Trust me. Well, then keep slowing <laughs> me down if you're at it. Uh, so, Sarah, you actually you graduated from Cornell University, correct? And congratulations, yeah. by the way. That, that's Thank a huge you. honor. Have you watched The Office before? The TV show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just all the time. Yeah. Fantastic. Andy Bernard. Yes, Andy Bernard always makes it a habit of saying that he graduated from Cornell. <laughs> it's kind of like the running gag. Do you feel obligated? Is that like a Cornell thing where you have to be obligated to say that you graduated from that university, or is it just kind of a thing on the office? Like, is this a real thing I should know about, or is it more of just the office? Well, so it's funny you mentioned that because I was on an earlier affiliate hit and Fitz had gone on right before me and they asked for my worst takes. And he said, you know, I think that Wrigley is great and he doesn't, which is his bad take. He thinks Chris Farley is overrated. Another terrible take oh, from him. And he don't said, tell me, and he don't said, tell me that. Don't Fitz tell me. Coming. Yeah. Are, are you available on yeah. Tuesday at four every week now? Because Fitz isn't coming on anymore. You think you know yeah, somebody. Yeah. He, oh, should be, no. he should be banished for those takes. But. He also said I talk about Cornell too much. And I think it's fresh on his mind because last night we had uh, Kavika Mitchell, who was teammates with my buddy Kevin Booth from Cornell. And when someone from Cornell goes and wins two Super Bowl rings, I'm going to mention it. That's awesome, right? Like, we can't give scholarships in the Ivy League. We don't have that many NFL players to go on to great things. So if my buddy, my good friend, is teammates with you and we're talking about the team that won, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, so I think he was sensitive to that. Uh, no, I do think that I do think that Ivy League people certainly do probably insert the name of their school more so than those who are like back in college. I and I'd say back at Cornell, right? Yeah. But in my defense, as a woman in sports, I am almost always presumed to be a moron bimbo who just wants to sleep with the players. So I try my best to insert that I was a Division One athlete at an Ivy League school who worked my ass off to get here. And so I might put it in a little bit more than someone else would, solely based on the idea that I know the disrespect I'm going to get before I even say anything. I like it. I like I it. it. And listen, someone from you know, follow Sarah on Twitter, and you'll see that, too. Exactly. I like that about her. I played college football, obviously, and people think I'm only here because I played football. I mean, let's be honest. I, pub- I graduated from a public Ivy League, Murray State University. <laughs> that that was the slogan. Go. That was the slogan back in the day, Brent. 
don't laugh. So I can relate to that a little bit. All right. Yeah, and I think you're only there because you're in the MMA, right? Not the not the NFL. No, no, it's the it's the MMA because I, I kind of intimidated the right people, and it's all good now. Would all you right. say no to this guy? Exactly. Exactly. Never. Never. All right. My last question or my last statement, I guess, to you uh, here, Sarah, and we appreciate you joining us. So when I think of method actors, some of the greats, I think of Marlon Brando, Hillary Swank, but your portrayal of Marla Rose. On um, um, on around the horn. I mean, it should be celebrated. Um, there should be a workshop for it. How did that come about? Number one and number two, like your timing was impeccable. Like, have you ever thought about doing stand-up comedy or something like that? Because I feel like you could kind of pull it off. Well, you would be remiss not to mention my portrayal of Moira Rose and my work on Sunrise Day. Um. It was really hard that one because I've d- I love doing that Halloween episode. I've 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 done all sorts of uh, all sorts of different characters. My dream job still is to be on Saturday Night Live, yeah. and I actually originally moved out to L.A. after college to try to do comedy. Um, I did the whole Second City Conservatory. I've always wanted to try stand up. So like that's my little moment where I get to scratch the itch of the career I originally wanted, and thankfully Around the Horn lets me do it. Uh, but I I have to say I started trying Moira Rose, and I was like, oh no. I'm going to embarrass myself. This is impossible. It's not a, even a real accent. And then by the end, I was like, I crushed this. Now down before me. Like, it, it turned out really well. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, my, my friends were texting me about it. It was, it was, it was great. Good stuff. Sarah yeah. Spain, we got to let you run. Although I'd love to ask you about a myriad of other things. It's National Girls and Women's in Sports Day, and I'm sure there's so many that look up to you. Do a fantastic job. We'll love having you on. Come Thank on again you. soon. Yeah, like let me know when you want me to slide in instead of fits. I'll be happy to take over and improve the show. No doubt. Let's we'll go certainly do it. Thanks. Bring it in. Sarah Spain. Uh, check it out tonight, Sarah Spain and uh, Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio all across the country, 7 o'clock uh, for sure. That's Sarah Spain. Thanks for joining us. Uh, pretty cool. She's fun. She's awesome. Jason Fitz doesn't like Chris Farley. I did not know that. How did it take and two you, years or and a year and a half? that guy on her show. That's amazing because it's really like the only actor like, I, like I'm – I love. I mean, I feel like regardless, you have to respect him, right? Like maybe he's not like he doesn't have the most range per se, but it's Chris Farley. I can't wait to pick Jason Fitz's brain about this one. By the way, I wish we had another ten minutes with Sarah because the she's really cool. Like if you if you watch what she does, if you listen to her on her show, uh, if you follow her on Twitter, mm-hmm. she doesn't give a damn what you think. Yeah, and which is you always appreciate, right? Mm-hmm. It just Says it how it is. Speak your truth. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and so there's that's really cool. And I did want to bring up it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day, and that's not why we had Sarah on. It just kind of worked out to be yeah. that. Uh, but I do think folks like Sarah, we talk about like Doris Burke, mm-hmm. right? Um, you think about women in sports, and uh, there's a lot going on there when you say women in sports. Yeah. From the recent Mets GM garbage. Yeah to kind of what she brought up as a stereotype of women talking sports, mm-hmm. uh, to the amount of movement that folks like Sarah and have created for a younger generation. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've got a 15-year-old daughter. She loves sports, right? Yeah. I always say that. I, I seriously look at Kaylee a lot and say, my God, she could be like a GM someday. Yeah. Like, that's unbelievable. Like In your world of football, it was hardly discussed five, six years ago mm-hmm. of a woman – Coaching mm-hmm. in the NFL. Yeah. And look, and by the way, Bruce Arian's staff, one of the most diverse staffs 
or it is the most diverse staff mm-hmm. in the NFL. So hats off to him, but others too, Washington, others along the way. And they've set this precedent. And, and I do feel like someone like Sarah Spain is in that conversation, you know, yeah. from a sports broadcasting standpoint. She's not the only one. I mean, from Jessica Mendoza yeah. to, to so many others. There's a, there's a longer list now, which is also very cool. Yeah. But if you have a daughter and your daughter likes sports, I mean, that wasn't really an I was like, go play sports in college, maybe, and that's it. Yeah. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe get into coaching. That's it. Well, the doors are open well beyond that now, much like I even say about like Ty or, or if you have a son, it's not just you have to either play sports, talk sports or coach sports. Now there's analytics. There's all these different elements of sport to get into if you want, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is cool for male and female. Yeah. Um, but really, to me, it's all about the kids. I mean, we, you know, when you play in the NFL, some of the things you do, you're inspired by. People you're watching at a, at a, you know, do it on a grand stage. You know, when I'm 12 years old and I know I want to do this, I'm watching Bob Costas and people like that say, I want to be like that, right? Yeah. Uh, and, or your local sportscast or whatever it is. Well, if you think about it in sports, little girls have not had that mm-hmm. for a long, long time. So it is kind of cool that we talked to Sarah Spain on National Girls and Women in Sports Day because um, it has evolved so much in the right way, but probably still a long way to go. No, I mean, obviously it's still a long way to go, but like, I appreciate Sarah because she's, she's good at so many things. I mean, obviously she can talk football, she can talk a lot of sports, but it's also, it's like the entertainment value. You know, like I, I talked about with Fitz, uh, this would have been on Tuesday, so yesterday, about, um, you know, like being outside the box and being yourself, you know, and like, if you watch Sarah Spain and her element, I feel like when she brings the comedy and the entertainment, but also obviously the general sports knowledge as well and actually in depth sports knowledge um it's a great combination whether it's a male or a female i mean i think she's just great at what she does you know despite of being a female i, mean, I think she's funny i think she's entertaining i think her myra rose is absolutely on point and she should be a comedian because of it but i think she's really talented and it's cool that people are getting their their spotlight their just do um and their their platforms to showcase those type of skills yeah it's uh, I, I love this week too it's not only this week but espn uh, does a great job of of you know, sharing some of their personalities mm-hmm. with us. Uh, we'll have Mina Kimes on mm-hmm. uh, later in the week. Uh, we'll also talk to Max Kellerman. I mean, you know, between Sarah Spain and Max Kellerman, Columbia and Cornell. Murray State. I, what are Murray we doing State here? As well. <laughs> Murray State. I'm what, out what of are my doing league right here. Now? You are, man. You are. I mean, it's a private school, though, right? Hey, Welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Come on. Hey, right. hey we're, we're glad to have you in our club there, Brent. <laughs> uh Good to have Sarah Spain on. And Kuz, you're in too, man. You went to Flagler. Come on in, man. We got room for you as well. You know, Jason Fitz, by the way, he got me so excited yesterday talking about Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like, he won us all over. And who knew Listen, we'd be feeling this way about Fitz listen, 24 hours later? I'm going to be honest. This has been a rough week for me. Yesterday, I, I showed how much Jason Fitz, I appreciate him for being himself. And now to find out that he's not a Chris Farley fan. I mean, I don't know who I'm more disappointed in this week so far. Brett Favre or Jason Fitz? Because Brett Favre, dude, you got to stop doing interviews. Okay, because I'm trying to I'm trying to come with you, Brett Favre, but you're making it so hard right now, man. And the Jason Fitz with the Chris Farley thing, it's not. It's been a rough week for the people I admire. Did you say Wrigley Field and Chris Farley? Huh? Did he say Wrigley Field too? Wasn't it Wrigley Field? Not he a fan of like. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, 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 you, I mean, yeah, but you're a Brewers fan. Yeah. You gotta love uh, Wrigley I mean, Field, man. What? Come on. Well, I, I went to a game. There's a big pole in my way. Cool. I couldn't even see the game. Oh, the same way the about bleachers, Fenway man. when I went. Right? Uh, I bought the wrong seats. Don't get, don't get me going. We'll be back. Action Sports <laughs> Shacks on ESPN 690.
sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.